Welcome to Canada's Property Management Podcast, your number one resource for investing, managing, and maximizing the value of your real estate assets. And now, here's your hosts, Carla Brown and Adrian Schultz, Canada's rental property experts. Oh, we're starting off with a laugh again, but we're not going to retell the joke. Um, but no joke. We got to be serious, Carla. Okay. Okay. I'll put my serious face on now. Thank you very much. Uh, for the record, for those of you who are not watching, Carla Brown now has her serious face on. And that's okay. because we are talking about serious things. And that is, do property managers need to be licensed or another way if you want to be a property manager, do you have to get a license, right? So why don't you start us off, Carla? Perhaps we could talk a little bit regionally. Sure. Okay, so there is a little bit of a difference between rental management and condo management. So let's talk about the rental management and then we can get into condo management afterwards. I think most of our listeners are in um, single family, multifamily rental space. In Canada, every province has its own set of regulations uh, dealing with real estate. And most of the provinces, with the exception of, and I'm, I think I'm going to get this right. Does that sound confident? Uh, with the exception of Ontario, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Yukon, PEI, and the Northwest Territories. Yep. Um, you do not have to be licensed to be a property manager, but every other province does require a license and every act in the provinces will have their own little parts that really talk to what is a trade in real estate as it relates to property management. So they're not all identical, uh, but they're very similar. And really it's if you are taking money on behalf of somebody else, that's really the big one is if you are collecting rent on behalf of someone else, it is a trade in real estate. So if your friend Adrian asks you, if you were unlicensed, you're licensed, so it's a bad example. But if your friend asks you to manage their property, because they're moving out of province for the next couple of years, and you decide to do that, and you are going and collecting rent from that tenant every month, you do require a license. People do not understand this. Because the funds are collected in trust for another individual, very much like when a law firm holds money in trust, when a real estate brokerage holds money in trust, a property manager holds money in trust for the investor or property owner. And that money has to be protected by insurance, a surety bond, and in many cases, the Provincial Real Estate Act's provide some form of security and protection as long as the person you're dealing with is in fact registered and licensed. Right. And when you said like hold in trust, it's in a trust account and a real estate trust account, the major banks know what that is if you go to open one. And this is something that I know when I first started my property management company, I ran into all the time. It was like, I used to say my biggest competitors were unlicensed property managers. And it's not like they were trying to skirt the law. They actually did not know. I don't think the general public understands that you do need to be licensed. 
And I think we have um, an episode from earlier on, maybe in the summer. I think it was something to do with the wild, wild west or something. Yes. I can't remember what it was, but we were talking, we were talking about that because we had a few cases in Saskatchewan where there were unlicensed activity that really probably fell underneath that licensed area. So do you want to talk about the condo management side a little bit or? Yeah, again, um, it's it's very regional or very jurisdictional on how condominium management is viewed by provincial regulators. However, it's fair to make the statement that if you are holding funds in trust in the majority, if not all cases, you should be licensed and registered. And on the condo side specifically, because the condo fees come in and go towards the expenses of the condominium property, money comes in and money goes out. However, there are what are called reserve funds or savings for that Mm -hmm. condominium property. And they can sometimes be simply in an interest-bearing savings account in trust for. They can be in GICs, et cetera. So that money can become millions and millions of dollars depending on how many condominium units are managed. And it's critical that those funds are protected and secured through insurance and surety bonds. And actually in Ontario, they've gone a step further and they actually have special licensing for condominium managers aside from you know, how they would license other real estate professions. Alberta did that last year as well. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a growing trend of that for two reasons. Number one, there is a reserve fund study that is traditionally mandated by condominium acts. And in order for a building to be healthy, you need to actually adhere to the study. Someone needs to be responsible for that alongside the board of directors. And then two, with millions of dollars being held in trust, Obviously, it's the government's role and the board of directors' role to look out for the best interests of the residents by making sure that the monies held in trust are, in fact, protected and secured. Yeah, um, I was just thinking, sorry, I, I don't know, I'm having a, another moment, but we're really um, that opposites attract scenario, Adrian, because you are in condo management and don't really care to get too much into the rental management side. It's a different business. Yeah. And I'm in rental management, but I did do condo management and I got out of it. Uh, So it's interesting because we actually know both of these worlds very, very well between the two of us. And I was always astonished when I would take over Mm -hmm. a condominium uh, company uh, project board, start working with the board Uh, Some of them being self-managed, some of them being managed by other property management companies and see that, first of all, they weren't in good shape as far as adhering to the reserve fund studies. They didn't understand how to be collecting the money and paying it out, which account could be used for what. And these are regulated accounts in, in every province, even though property management on the condominium side isn't necessarily regulated in every province yet. And I agree with you. I think those that aren't will eventually get there and hopefully they don't get there after something happens because that tends to be when we then really step up, right? Yeah. And I think we've got we've got another episode and that's going to be called the life cycle of a property because when do things like 
oh, were you using a licensed property manager to manage the asset? And if not, well, maybe if you had been, they would have been adhering to processes and workflows and systems that could have assured a proper long life cycle of the real estate asset, right? I think eventually when there's enough problems in an, in, in an industry, it starts getting more regulation with which protects the consumer, right. but not just the consumer in investor property owner, but also the resident who's who's trusting their life within those walls. Yeah. Right? Like I, I think we're talking more from a regulatory perspective, but the other part of that is that the person that's managing the home should be qualified to manage the home so that a resident is safe. And ultimately, that's our responsibility as property managers is to assure that our residents are not just comfortable, but safe in the asset. And for that, that's, I think, aside from the money protection of trust funds, that's, I think, where there's really a strong point for uh, regulations and, and licensing around our trade. Well, all of the regulators, really their mandate or mission is public protection. That's why they're there. So that is a big part of what they do and why these acts are written and why there is regulations in place. The other part of that 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 you just brought to mind is the insurance. When you are a, a regulated or a licensed property manager, you automatically have this insurance through your license that will then protect you from errors and emissions from some general liability. And I mean, all corporations and businesses should have types these types of insurance in place. And I think we may have talked about that previously as well. But most of the regulators have realized that, hey, we're just going to like make sure this is part of the licensing process and, and get these individuals uh, some protection. And that's really important because anything can happen when you are managing a property. So you want to make sure that you've got that underneath you. If think if you're a an investor, a property owner, before you start doing business with a property manager, go and check to see what your provincial requirements are. And if registration is required, go and look up the person you're going to start dealing with to make sure that they're registered. Okay. These are online databases that you can search online. And then part two is you can also check with the local real estate associations to assure that who you're going to deal with is a member. Changes by province, but generally speaking, I think that a licensed property manager is going to be a member of their specific professional association. There's city associations, provincial associations, regional, national, etc. But I think that it just those are extra layers of engagement with the company that you're dealing with, but also levels of protection because you can assure that there's best practices being applied. And then I think most importantly, work with a trusted national brand such as RPM Canada that has accredited professionals all across the country so that you're not having to deal with like different people in different places, but rather a unified brand with unified processes and systems to protect your assets. Right. And that's really what it is about. And it is professionalizing the industry because I would say our industry has uh, still a bad rap every once in a while. And we're working hard to change that. And that's how we do it, is we make sure that we've got licensed individuals following different processes, protecting our investors and protecting our tenants. Now that's real property management. 
Thanks for listening to Canada's Property Management Podcast. If you like this episode, please subscribe and give us a rating, which will help us reach more listeners. Until next time, connect with us on social media and online at realpm.ca. Today's episode is brought to you by Century 21 Canada, the gold standard in real estate. Explore listings, find an agent, and get advice at www.c21.ca.